This is That Marketing Podcast, made by marketers for marketers. Welcome to another edition of That Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Spotlight UK. Today on the podcast, we welcome Dr. Dave Chaffee, founder of Smart Insights, to talk about CRO, conversion rate optimization. Dave offers recommendations of the kinds of tests you can run and the tools you can use for doing so. He also shares results from experiments that Smart Insights have run on their own website and tells us his rule of thumb for predicting how your results are going to turn out. I hope you enjoy and happy marketing. So, Dave, first of all, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. That's fine, Richard. It's good to be here. It's a favourite topic of mine, uh, CRO or Crow, however you uh, like to say it. So, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's start with let's start with the the basics. Um, what does CRO or conversion rate optimization actually mean? How should we go about calculating it? And and what does a good benchmark rate look like? Yeah. Well probably means different things to different people, how uh, involved they are with it. I think at its simplest and where people often start, it's people thinking of of A-B testing of of landing pages where you're going to test uh, different alternatives. So you're you're reviewing your current, say, form for email sign up against a, um, a new idea to try and boost that rate of email sign up. So you've got a like champion challenger type approach, uh, so so A-B testing. But in larger organizations, you have people who focus on this, this is their whole uh, working world, and it becomes much more complex. It's a series of uh, structured tests, a whole program really of research as well. So you might do focus groups to understand what the barriers to conversion are, how you uh, describe the benefits. So really going into the uh, psychology and then, of course, uh, it's it's quite a complex customer journey. Many people won't visit just on their first on, on their first visit. They won't convert. They may visit a site multiple times on different devices, different landing pages. So you're trying to piece together the the, the, the big picture of what makes people convert, and then to make changes across the whole site to support that. Okay, you mentioned um, email signups. There is—is is that the only thing that you define as a conversion, or are there other metrics that marketers can take into account when they're measuring what their conversion rate is? Yeah, there, there's many you can look at. I think that's a good example because it's one that applies across all types of uh, site. It is very much uh, business specific. But if you think about uh, perhaps an e-commerce retail site, they would want to. Uh, acquire email addresses to encourage that first purchase and you'll often see retailers have those pop-ups those light boxes with 10% off your uh, first order for example but in other sectors I think email um, and, and data capture to profile the the prospects important as part of lead generation uh, as as well so where where it's a a longer buying process and it's more more involved you you see email capture and signing up to um so, so signing up to subscribe that that's a, a good area to optimize as well okay so these processes you're putting what is what's the end benefit for anyone who's thinking listening to this and thinking well i don't have time to do that why should i bother what's your what's your best answer for them 
Well, more uh, depends what the uh, the marketing, the business outcomes you you want from your your, your site. But really, uh, any business that's got a website should have goals defined within goal, within Google Analytics, which are what's going to drive the future growth of their uh, business. So, if I take Smart Insights for for, for an example, we've got uh, we're a freemium site, we're an education site where you can uh, you can subscribe for training on online marketing but we've also got a uh, a free membership so people can can sample our our our, um, our courses and our, our templates so we we've got uh, goal three uh, i know off by heart in google analytics which is our free membership and we're looking to increase that and those people who sign up for our free uh, membership we would explain our proposition to them. We would send free templates and samples. So by increasing those free memberships, that naturally then leads through a nurturing process to more paid memberships uh, as, as well. And I think we, we've found through working, we've actually worked with a specialist uh, conversion rate optimization agency, which I think is a it's a good idea if this is a a new area for you maybe you don't have the skills in-house to to look at a, an independent consultant or maybe a small agency who that that they're that, that that's their whole focus uh working through the uh the, the process but we, we saw some big increases um back in the day it's quite a few years ago we work with them now because we've now got the skills internally but i think we were generating something like um Two and a half, three thousand leads a month, in, so new contacts into the database, not qualified leads. But we were able to increase that towards five thousand um, new contacts per per month. So, so that 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 was a big uh, increase, and that then translated into uh, a, a sales increase. So, certainly, you you will ultimately, if it's the uh, the right type of uh, traffic. The right type of contacts into the database you will increase sales but i think it's yeah it's important not to look at it too simplistically and think well we, we need to get the right type of um audience and you could segment different types of visitors so how many arrive from say social media or against organic search or paid search and see how the conversions vary and see if you're in b2b see the different profiles of uh, people who are signing up to, to to learn more so yeah i'm i'm a i'm a big advocate of it and i think ab testing is 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 just the start but it's it's a very important uh useful yeah, start really really interesting dave so you, you mentioned you had a uh, quite a big increase there and um obviously from a best practice point of view and i know it's never always good to do stuff that is kind of past practice but what, what would be your top tips for um particular optimizations or kind of current testings where, where would you start from uh if you were to implement it yourself or having that discussion with the agency yeah good good question uh, hi simon yeah it's um i, I think having a, a benchmark is, is is a good starting point and you do need the uh, the goals in place in google analytics or whatever uh, optimization tool you're you're using so um, I mentioned there we've got that goal three. When I'm working with businesses and consulting, one of the first questions I'll often ask is, well, let, let's have a look at your goals 
in Google Analytics and they're not always set up. I mean, larger, more mature businesses, they they will be, I'm 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 sure. So then when you've got that that those uh, that goal in place, you can then benchmark against others. And that that can be useful for making the case for investment. Um, not so much in the tools, but having the time to focus on CRO. So um, what, what one thing people listening in can can look at if they if they want to benchmark, I've because I'm such a fan of this technique, I well, it must be over five years ago now, I created a comp compilation of uh, conversion rates in different sectors. So if you Google, I think it's e-commerce conversion rates will probably take you to the page that's top, um, but it actually looks at B2B conversion as well. And if you look at that, you see there is a very wide range. I think in um, B2C, the latest Adobe uh, digital index there, so this is for larger re retailers, you, you might see, say, 1.4% in consumer electronics down at the bottom. That's quite tough to get people to convert, maybe because they go in store instead. Whereas if it's something like gifts or pharmacy, it's more commoditized, more of an instant low value purchase. It goes up to 5%. So maybe if, you know, if you're working in one of those sectors and you, you see you're way out of line with what others in that sector are, that, that can get get your managers uh, interested to run the test because it's it's having that uh, commitment now and i know um for, from working with spotler for a long time that uh, many of your customers are business to business and uh, i i think there you actually see when it's the classic lead generation maybe based on a white paper download you you see a much bigger variation in uh, conversion rate. So I'm looking at some data here for business services, um, and the average there is it's again again about three percent um, for that email lead generation, three point four percent. But at the top end, it goes up to sixteen percent. So that really shows the opportunity. Really, where at whatever level you're at now, if you do the research and you run sufficient tests, then you can get those sort of uh, improvements and in some other sectors I've got credit and lending that's an average of 5.5 goes up to 24% at the top end um, higher education that that goes up to uh, 11 and a half at the uh, at the top end so that that benchmarking is the um, very first step but of course there's a lot more involved bit, bit beyond that yeah, that's really, really interesting, actually, those benchmarks. And we'll definitely um, include that as a, as a resource. Um, so once you've got the benchmark, uh, Dave, how would you go about trying to then optimise? What things would you kind of um, look to pick? You know, would it be the, the classic of change, testing colours on a button or would you test some kind of wording? Do you have any kind of things that you would do over something else? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that the the, uh, the button example is a good one because I think people will often they may have read articles which I, I think there was one once um, it was called what was it the two hundred million dollar button it was for a a retailer like Dell and they made some change such as m changing a button label from uh, learn more something quite generic to uh, something more specific with a value implied so something like you know um save now and so there are there are those wins and and people often talk about uh, a silver bullet 
but what I'd say, and that, that's fine as a place to start, but I think you may be in for a disappointment if you just try button colour, because really what, what it's, it's all about the value that you're offering. And very often it's the copy and the creative alongside that which will make a difference. So uh, with landing pages, for example, if someone's coming through from Google, it's all about relevance and getting someone to stay on the page. So how your main headline and then the intro copy that follows into that, that may um, that may well give you a bigger uplift than changing the button colour. So what, what one of the, uh, the limitations with A-B testing is if you have this, this new uh, challenger page, you could change lots of things. So you could change the button, you could change the the copy, the creative, you can change form fields um, and so on. But when you, if you hopefully get an improvement, you don't actually know what has caused that improvement. Uh, so I think if people are starting out, you, you need to break out all the types of improvements you could make. And really, um, the guys who do this professionally, they talk about hypothesis testing. So the hypothesis might be that if we change the main headline uh, to to have a value, um, better illustrate the value, then that will increase conversion rates. So I think I'd break down all of the different alternatives and you could maybe test those individually um, rather than changing everything about the page and then seeing what the uh, the, the result is. Does, does, I does think that that's a really good point yeah because um uh, we we've done that before ourselves actually where we've done a multivariant test and didn't realize you change everything can you get an up uh, an uplift and you don't know what's actually caused that uplift so the, the i think the the idea of doing a single variant test like you were saying whether it's adding a figure into a headline or we mentioned changing a color from one color to another or, or a bit of text and copy is, is really important because you want to know what it is that's actually caused that that uplift yeah yeah i've got a nice example of this actually i, I was mentioning earlier we were working with this conversion rate agency and we've like the retailers we've got a light box on our site uh, for our free membership because we find it works and we put quite a lot of time into the messaging to show the value and quite a nice, we thought it was quite a nice visual look, but it didn't have the uh, the trust factor in there of any testimonials. So all we did, we, we found three different quotes of how people had benefited from the free membership. And then because we've got quite a high volume of um, visits to our site, we found just within a two week test, that we actually increased conversion rate of our uh, so our, our lead generation effectively by 10%, which is a fantastic outcome just through changing that 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 copy alone. Um, I'm not saying everyone's going to get those benefits, and sometimes it is a good idea to um, sort of shake it up and go for a big change. I know um, the, the the guys we were working with, conversion rate experts, they caution against what they call meek tweaking which is things like just changing button color or or label and maybe you actually need to completely rethink the model of your landing page look at the approaches that competitors are doing or maybe in your sector everyone's doing the same approach so look out of sector at what other people have used creatively um so i don't think it's very easy to talk about best practices but um you know there's there's no right or or, or or wrong it's it's just being systematic i think and 
not not giving up at the, uh, the 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 first hurdle because you've changed a button color and it hasn't made a whole lot of difference. I think I think it's that's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's really good to have that kind of that set out of ideas of what you're going to test um, and 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 not give up. Uh, we, we've definitely found that after the first couple of weeks where something's not done or not happened. Also, conversely. Um, we had a really good example where we changed something and our conversion dropped by 50%. So don't be afraid to kind of stop something if you see the, see the negative happening. Yeah, that, oh, that's, that's a really interesting one because I saw a talk um, at uh, a trade show when we were still doing trade shows in, um, in Manchester. I think it was an e-commerce expo and it was one of the big uh, multi-channel uh, retailers, Shop Direct, so, so, someone like that. And he was looking at their testing that they did, and he had a good rule of thumb. So I think we've seen this as well. Depends on the type of test, but he said a third of tests will actually do nothing at all to your conversion. A third of tests will bomb, and like like you were saying there, it will perform less well. But a third will actually give you a significant uplift. So I think that's a good benchmark to have because you can set expectations if you've been making the case for doing more CRO or starting out with colleagues and they're going to expect some amazing result, you can say, well, it, it's going to depend and we're not going to get it right first time because you can't really guess, second guess the way that uh, customers are going to think. And I think that's why it's important to have the customer research and the focus groups as well as just using your internal ideas and and, and knowledge because uh, we, we we don't always get it right as marketers where we're human after all <laughs> one thing it i want to pick up you talked about sorry richard um yeah one thing i want to pick up you talked about um the, how it's our content kind of works on the landing page and um unfortunately we know that even the best landing page won't won't convert everybody so are there are there cro tips you can apply to to blogs and other long form content that people kind of land on as a as a second round and gives you gives you another bite of the cherry as it were yeah de de definitely we've um yeah we've done a lot of work on this at smart insights because we're fortunate to get half a million visits a week um sorry a month <laughs> not that good um through <laughs> through our organic search so 80 percent of those are organic search and thinking of benchmarks it's quite challenging with a blog the you know the majority of people will uh will bounce however good your content is um so i think our our bounce rate for our blog is around 65 uh 70 percent when i last looked but you can really yeah you can really boost the conversion rates to um free sign up by using the right sort of approach and i'd say well when we started this of course um i, I remember actually i wrote a a blog post, or it must be 10 years ago now, uh, called the perfect landing page, and it, it worked quite well within um, within organic search, and uh, we 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 were getting a lot of visits from that. So the 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 sort of obvious things that that talked about were things like uh, delivering uh, relevance through testing the headline, um, and and testing the uh, the the copy. I, I think another. Um, uh, in, interesting issue, not not necessarily with with blogs, but um, but with all types of pages is 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 the uh, the, the length of of the page because uh, we, we've 
um, people often who work in CRO, they often talk about reductive tests. So you might find with your homepage, for example, that if you do a shorter homepage by removing one of the sections, that can increase conversion. But it could be quite the opposite as well. And often you find that longer, um, well structured, but longer homepages, which talk to different audiences and their needs, they may um, convert more. But go going back, Richard, to the, uh, the, the the sort of classic blog approach, I, I'd say if you're on desktop, and we, we still find as B2B, we find we're about 60, 70% um, first time visitors that are still on desktop. Um, it's it's important, I think, to actually have a right sidebar that people can see the benefits. So have some panels on the right, which are giving some reasons for someone to sign up. Um, other things to consider are having a sticky header. If you look at the Smart Insights site, you'll see as you scroll down, um, the, the top nav doesn't disappear and we're trying to offer value so people can learn about our, our toolkits there. Um, aside from that, and if you're on mobile, um, you, you're, you would likely, the, the classic blog is you scroll, go through all the content and then down at the bottom, there's a, a call to action. And we did find on desktop as well that that bottom call to action does perform better than the right sidebar. Um, so we might have an offer and we, we, we would with our blog, um, another tip here is to try and make it relevant by um, by topics. So we, we, we would offer guidance, say, on digital strategy or SEO or social content marketing. And then what we tested was could could you have a different offer or a different bit of free content for each of those? So if you're on the content marketing page, uh, blog page, it will offer you a free guide to content strategy, for example. Um, and and that, did, that did work quite well, but we actually found that because people are interested in digital strategy overall, uh, I think apart from social media, that's what worked best for us. Uh, but a final tip here, just to complete the picture, is, and I, and I think many um, business blogs fail this this sort of test. They they particularly sort of simplistic short posts. They don't have a lot of what I would call inline um, promotional content or persuasive content. So just having say some hyperlinks that go off to a free a relevant free download or if you look at Smart Insights, we've got a lot of panels our designers have created within the, the body of the copy, and you would often have those within the first page or certainly the second scroll, because people may be interested in that, but the reality is most people aren't gonna scroll all the way through a, a 5,000 word um, blog article. So think about having those inline call to actions in the copy as well. Some really okay. great ideas there. Um, and sorry, Richard, again. Uh, I just heard Dave, I've got one uh, one burning question I had. So it, it sounds like landing pages are a, a must for any marketer, whether they're B2B or, or B2C. Um, but there was an interesting bit you mentioned a few minutes ago around you, you called them light boxes. I think um, I call them pop ups. Uh, so uh, I, the, the tools and tactics, if, if somebody doesn't Land, if somebody doesn't form fill um, or do the action that you want them to do on your on your landing page, um, it sounds like you implement a few other tools. Can you just go into that a little bit more? So you, it sounds like you use pop-ups, maybe chatbots, 
um how would you go about using those and kind of any any top tips on on those type of tools yeah, that's a challenging one, I think, for many businesses, because I think most marketers, if and, and I've asked this, if I'm doing a, a talk face to face, you know, what what do you think uh, light boxes are a good solution um, for for lead generation? And most people won't put their hand up, or if you ask, you hate um, light boxes. Everyone will put their hand up because we're bombarded um, by them. But I, I would say you've got to seriously consider them and at least test them. Uh, there's a reason that retailers who are very commercial types of businesses use them. They do they do work to increase sales. And um, I, I, I was anti-light boxes for, for the same reasons we all are. Um, but we did, when we started working with this agency, you know, they were keeping us honest and saying, well, you've got to test this, Dave. So um, Stu and I, um, my co-founder, we said, OK, let's do this. We'll try and make them as good as we can. And one of the reasons we were a bit resistant to this is that we already had these all these calls to action on the blog that I, I was just describing before. But I, I think from memory, it was a 40 percent increase in new contacts into the database that we got. And of course, you get that every month from that point on. So that that's a pretty large um, increase. So. I, I would say look at the options. Um, we, we've actually, I think we sort of rolled our own, um, we developed our own light boxes initially, but these days our, um, the guy who, who looks after our lead generation on site, he uses a tool called Optin Monster um, for where, where you can run different tests. So it's not quite, it's like A-B testing for, uh, for light boxes effectively. And we find mm -hmm. within those, depending where in the site and the type of blog page you 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 serve that light box, they might have say a three to a twelve percent um, conversion rate, uh, whereas our average on the blog is only only two percent. So I'd say definitely consider light boxes, but there are if you don't feel they fit your brand and they're too in your face, there are other options. Um, like you'll have seen those panels that appear on the bottom of the, the screen and you can still um, scroll through the content. You can you can shut them down. They're not so interruptive. So if you don't think you can get your colleagues to buy into light boxes, think about those panels. And they're great for like surfacing whatever your best content is. Or we use them for a monthly campaign. So we have a different offer. So it might be, hey, we've got this, uh, you know, the digital summit coming up. Uh, in a month or we've got a new free re resource so um, yeah de definitely think beyond the classic um, landing page uh, as as well yeah and we're definitely with you on that one I think I think it is that scenario where you see so many so you you kind of condition yourself to think oh my god not another one but actually when you implement them you you, you do see the benefit we, we definitely get many more form fills when we have pop-ups on our website as long as the 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 offering is decent yeah um, it's all about relevance yeah. and, and value if you've got say as, as i know you have you know you've got relevant relevant learning material that's going to help a b2b yeah. um marketer and the values there you've got relevance and value it's bound to influence um some people i i, I would say You've got to be a bit sensitive and like test how long it is before 
the uh, the pop-up is served and there's different tools you can use you so you can do it on number of seconds you can um you can serve it when someone's moving the mouse upwards like they would if they were going to close a window or go to the top nav that might be more effective so you can test um the, those sort of timing um for when you serve the light boxes as well okay it was something i picked up on uh, i think it was a linkedin article i'll try and dig it out for for the actual web page when when this goes live but um a way a potential way that um this marketer we're talking about capturing especially second time visitors is actually to to run sort of personalization on the on the home page itself or on the actual web pages rather than just the landing pages i just wondered if that's something you you've seen anybody do and and is it worth the effort is the is the conversion worth it or is it a lot of work for a tiny little uptick and thus probably not worth it for most sort of small to medium businesses yeah I, I think they might be constrained by the technology they're using but hey if maybe if they're using wordpress and there's a um that there, there's a plug-in to support that or if you're um i think you guys use google optimize um alongside your landing page building tool and um that that isn't well known i think as a free great for getting started a b testing tool but what people may not know is that uh, google optimize also has personalization options which can help with um with, with increasing relevance that way um I, I i would say another perhaps way of looking at this and a, really a different tip to the, what you're asking there is you can think of um what i call segmented customer journeys so if you look at uh, say the smart insights homepage is something we've only done in the last couple of years is we've through our research we've found that people are either when it comes to online learning around marketing people are either um, they're looking to develop their own personal skills they're they may be looking to actually improve the uh, the performance of the business so increase leads and sales or maybe they're responsible for a team and they're looking at those skills development so what we did on our home page is we created uh, three buttons which take people off in those three directions and then there's effectively a slightly different landing page explaining the proposition for each person um, another way you might do that within b2b is you might have different uh, customer journeys for each sector you very often would uh, via the top navigation and yeah our, our experience is that that really does help um, conversion and i think we've we've seen this as well from email because if you send out a relevant email follow-up for someone subscribing that's relevant to their sector and their role we've seen you get a significantly higher response than a one size fits all type welcome email absolutely and um you sort of started touching on there with customer journeys um but one the the whole point of this is the conversion itself isn't isn't probably the sale in terms of when and how we think of it in marketing that's are right. there are there sort of broad broad brush next steps that should always come after a conversion or does it very much depend on the industry and what kind of conversion you've had yeah i i think you should um you should map out as part of that broader marketing and digital marketing strategy you should i think many people use personas now in our persona templates what we recommend is having a 
uh, a content mapping we would call it so as someone goes from that initial uh, interaction with your business and they're starting to get uh, familiarity with your your propositions that would be like the, the top of funnel content to generate the leads but lead but then you've got the middle and bottom of funnel content and you should really try and map out how you serve that both uh, on the website and through email interactions as well I, I something I didn't um, come back on which you mentioned earlier you were saying about the chat box type approach I think Simon and we use a tool that when someone has subscribed it will say we've got our like we, we, we know the content that's most likely to, to persuade people to uh, we've got some benchmarking um, maturity benchmarking which will encourage people to go for a paid subscription so we can serve that up as a, a personalized message on site so that that's like our rule for our contact strategy if you right like and equally uh, so that's our on-site nurturing but then we've got our email nurturing where if you think many I think virtually everyone would have an auto response when you subscribe it would be hey thank you for subscribing but it but it it varies widely in the quality of that follow-up communication and yet that's the most important interaction so I think as part of CRO overall to get the um, to get the sale if you like look at that welcome email um, and the quality of that and think beyond very often those welcome emails will just be here's your download and they don't really start to talk in a just in a subtle way about the brand and what that can um, benefit and maybe to do that properly you need a, a sequence of three welcome emails that's what we use um, and we'll try to target them by by rollers as well so you can see once you get into discussing CRO it becomes much more complex uh, and there's a much bigger opportunity than just working on a B testing alone absolutely yeah we do a similar thing I think if you download one of our resources you get a series of other emails that are kind of tailored to about the section of kind of we kind of divide it into marketing automation email marketing and lead generation yeah. we try and follow up with uh, additional relevant content linked to what you've downloaded um yeah with, with that kind of sequence in place is it helpful to think of another stage of conversions or someone sign someone downloads a resource we call that a conversion but then if they book a demo off that off the back of that nurture is that is that also a conversion or is that just confusing the terminology um no those are certainly conversions as well and um if you're new to this you may not have heard of uh, i think most people who work in CRO have heard of Avinash Kaushik. So he's the Google, um, the digital marketing evangelist at, at Google. And he's a, if you ever get a chance to um, hear him speak or, or check out his blog, I'd really recommend it because he's he's got a lot of advice, practical advice on where to start and in particular how to measure within Google Analytics. And he talks about macro and micro conversions. And I think it's uh, as, as part of your CRM CRO program, you should list all of those macro conversions, and they might be. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about getting um, a, a contact or a lead, so that would be a macro conversion. It's a major conversion that's important to the health of the business. And likewise, when you deliver a sale, if you're taking transactions online, that would be a macro conversion, also. But a micro conversion. Um, could be much smaller, but it's still 
showing that someone is progressing on the journey. So it could be, yeah, maybe you send out one of your welcome uh, emails and it says, oh, we've got a video showing someone how to use, uh, showing how to use this, uh, this feature in our platform. So someone viewing that video would be a micro conversion. And then if you've got the right type of platform, like I think your platform offers this, you can, um, you can score people based on the, their level of activity. So if someone has, say, viewed five different pages or downloaded five different um, pieces of content and those can have different scores, you'll know they're further down the customer journey and then you can maybe do a different form of follow-up with them either maybe by phone or um, serving different content by email or, or, or on site. So yeah, definitely um, map out all of those sort of interactions and try to move to scoring them. And then you can see the people who are really interested in your, in your proposition and are most likely to convert, focus on them. Okay, I think that's a really good sort of um, actionable takeaway, which is what we, uh, what we always try and deliver for the audience there. So that's right, define all your, all your conversion points and your, and your, as Dave says, micro and macro conversions. And then and basically start testing. I think what we've taken from this is that there's there's all sorts of things and we can't give you a magic potion of this is what will work for you, but here are the tools and the the sort of starter techniques you can use. So so go away and start split testing everybody. Dave, thank you so much for sharing all your all your expertise with us for the podcast. You're you're very welcome. I hope uh, some of those tips we've covered there are are useful and yeah I think it's about having that that commitment um you know like like all things in life you will have setbacks and and disappointment but the main success factor is to have a program where you're trying to test something each month so even if you're a small business you can say okay this month or this quarter we're going to test the home page and then we're going to move on to other parts of the customer journey uh, so yeah what, what one other last tip there Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Marketing Podcast. You clearly have wonderful taste. We hope you found the content useful and, and enjoyed it. We'd love you to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us maybe leave us a review if you can think of a topic that you you'd like us to cover or even if you fancy coming on the podcast and sharing your own experience on a particular topic that uh, you can reach us at marketing team at spotler.co.uk thanks once again and happy marketing mm -hmm.